And hello, and welcome to another episode of Observe and Report. I'm one of your hosts, Jason Simmons, and sitting across from me, as always, Jack Smith. Hello! And this is Observe and Report. This is the show where we watch things and we tell you how we feel about them. And we watch some things and we have some things to say. We got some good stuff, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, uh, you know, going deeper into the end of the year here. And, uh, yeah, I watched some fun things, you know, some Me things too. that I'm very excited to talk about. How about yourself? It's it's quite the smattering. Okay. There's going to be some things in here, Jason, well, that you did not see coming. I'm excited then. I, I love when you, you go off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let's hear it. What do you, what do you, what do you got for us? Um, the first one, uh, after many years of Megan trying to get me to watch it, um, I finally watched sh- like six episodes of the first season of Sex Education. Oh, okay. Have you seen it? I have not seen it, but I'm familiar with it. It is so great. <laughs> and you know that I don't like youths. You, you are a known hater of the youth. <laughs> There's signs about town, <laughs> billboards. It's like a very serious black, like shaking the uh, the irons kind of thing, you know? You're very animated. Not a fan. <laughs> um, but I like these youths. They're a little bit older. They're like uh, between 16 and 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a British show, but it feels very American. Like, this is one of those shows when Netflix says it's a Netflix original. I would believe them, you yeah. know? Weirdly enough. Um something about its upbeat nature (laughs) um and i mean it looks beautiful um i don't know something gives it gives me like american vibes but um the cast is great it's jillian anderson Mm -hmm. um asa butterfield plays the main character what a name (laughs) i mean (laughs) yeah go on also i did not realize that was him yeah wow all right he's so ender yeah it's so funny because he has the same exact face just on a tall gangly body (laughs) um uh his best friend is played by i'm gonna butcher this name i apologize but Nkuti gatwa okay and then one of the other main characters is played by emma mackey um and it is about asa butterfield's character otis uh his mom is played by jillian anderson uh she is a sex therapist and uh he's just in school with his best friend i don't remember anyone else's character names um and they're just awkward not particularly popular uh high school kids um and so as they're just kind of trying to navigate high school or whatever it's called in england um (laughs) sixth form or whatever um uh they are able they're all trying to like make a little money um and the cool girl played by emma mackey uh she realizes that um to make some money asa butterfield's pretty good at giving like sex therapy advice so they start a little like side business trying to help various uh kids from school deal with their relationships and stuff um and it's kind of the way that, in a very different way of doing it, but I feel like the same way that um, Big Mouth addresses the awkwardness of like middle school mm-hmm. and like puberty, this addresses the awkwardness of high schoolers. Okay, it okay. is a different kind of awkwardness. It's a yeah, different brand. That's totally. true. 
Um, granted, these kids are having much more sex than any kids I knew in high school. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. It's because I went to a Catholic school or what, but like, mm, uh, these are some very uh, experienced young people. <laughs> um, but it's really funny. It's really sweet. I really like all the characters, mm-hmm. even the... Um, like stereotypically mean popular kids they're also you see the vulnerable sides of them and i was kind of why Mm -hmm. maybe they're assholes um and jillian anderson's outfits are fucking fantastic (laughs) like whoever is doing her wardrobe She's wearing light blues. She's like wearing the right color palette. It's like very classy, but not too like, but like modern clothes for a woman her age. It's killer. Best outfits out there. Okay. Someone knows how to dress like, I don't know how old Jillian Anderson is somewhere between 40 and 50. I imagine. I imagine yeah. It's so, people who know how to dress those women of that age Mm -hmm. without being boring but without being over like youthful if you will Mm -hmm. this is great it seems like the costuming is like exuding someone with like confidence at that stage in their life yes like they've accomplished some things they have some money yep like and they like to look good yeah but also they show her vulnerabilities too Mm -hmm. and you know everything she's trying to do um asa butterfield's character is straight eric's uh his best friend he is gay Mm -hmm. um but it's nice to see just a relationship between uh straight and gay teenage boys that it's perfectly healthy and lovely and not a thing that's cool that's something that's not often showcased um and it deals with um you know poor eric he gets beat up at one point um and how everyone kind of deals with that um it's no one's family life is perfect Mm mm-hmm um, it's just fully fleshed out characters. Um, in though <laughs> maybe not entirely relatable scenarios, at least emotionally relatable scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also just fun and funny. Um, so I would highly recommend it. Okay. My, my question was, you know, it's, it has a very stellar young cast, but I know that there are also adults on the show. Like, do they go into like the, I guess the diff, does the show have the kind of two-sided coin thing where in which we're looking at the kids or we're also looking at like, you know, the adults and their relationships as well. So far, um, I'm only six episodes in, so it might go into them a bit more. Mm -hmm. But um, right now, it's very tertiary in terms of just, we've only really met Eric's parents and spent a decent amount of time with Jillian Anderson. Um, Like, she's divorced from um, Otis's dad. And you see her insecurities with that, Mm -hmm. but also a very handsome plumber (laughs) comes in. And so she's like, "Mm." and she also just is always sleeping with various guys. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, cause like, yeah, why not? She can, she's a single lady. Um, and there's, there's no judgment from the writers or anything. It's all, um, of any of the characters. It's very, it's looked at them very sympathetically. Right. Sweetly. Regardless so, of whatever they, whatever they're into. they're into, whatever they like. Yeah. Nothing is seen as like down. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, so not a ton of adult stuff yet. Okay. All right. We'll see. 
I've heard nothing but good reviews of the show. Like, it has, what, three seasons on Netflix yeah. or something like that? Yeah, like, it's a certified, like, Netflix, like, staple. Yeah. So I should, like, definitely dip into it. I've, again, nothing but good things. I think you'd like it. It's great. Okay. Um, and yeah, I just have, I've not seen Gillian Anderson. Gillian Anderson? Gillian Anderson. Gillian Anderson. Gillian Jacobs. Jacobs, yes. Gillian Anderson. <laughs> Fooly cooly. <laughs> Redfish, bluefish. Mm-hmm. I'm having a stroke. <laughs> Come back to us, Jason. <laughs> okay, so Jillian Anderson. I feel like I've not seen her in anything in such a long period of time. It feels like she has very much like enjoyed her X Files money, as you should. I mean, she was in The Crown. She. Oh, I think you know what? You were right. She's in The Crown, another Netflix staple. And I think she does British stuff. She is not British, but she moved to her her like mother or something like that. I think she grew up there partially, she, okay. right. so I think maybe she like goes back and forth a bit. Okay. Um. So, I mean, yeah, she did the X-Files reboot, and then I think probably did some British stuff. Okay. Because like, I think she was in, like, a British cop drama or something. Because the thing is, she's always working, but I'm not always seeing yeah. the things that she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, as much as, you know, David Duchovny was in, like, the spotlight for Californication, I feel like she's had I mean, three to four other shows yeah. that have been more successful than that. If I had to choose between their two careers i'd absolutely choose hers oh yeah hers has much more longevity she's picked like really interesting projects Mm -hmm. and she's just great she would keep Leone. that's how that would work yeah she would (laughs) um and her character is really likable on the show too Mm -hmm. everyone's likable i really i really enjoy it okay i will definitely check this out Mm -hmm. something that i've been tooling around with need to check out so yeah sex education netflix all right um speaking of netflix um it has something finally that i greatly enjoy um everybody knows i love the anime yes and you're usually you're a hulu man so Uh, uh, that's where they usually like come have come to Mm -hmm. but netflix has done this very aggressive campaign to get many properties Mm. uh licensed to netflix and the biggest one of the bigger acquisitions in my mind is they are the exclusive platform now for the most recent season of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, JoJo- Is it only the most recent season? Do um, they only they have, have like, everything. some seasons? Oh, okay. They have everything dubbed and subbed. Um, but like as far as the most recent season, it's exclusively on the Netflix oh, platform. Oh, I see. Uh, in the United States, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and JoJo's back, baby. All right. Oof. We got a new JoJo. All right. <laughs> and she... <gasps> Is doing things big. All right. It's our first female JoJo. This season is called Stone Ocean. It is set in a women's prison. um, And it is starring uh, Jolene Cujo, who is the daughter of one of the more, perhaps the most famous JoJo, um, Jotaro Cujo. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. All right. This is me strapping myself in, buddy. (laughs) The premise is uh, Jolene has been framed uh, for manslaughter Mm -hmm. for hitting a pedestrian while driving drunk Mm -hmm. and she has been placed into prison Mm -hmm. uh in florida oh no its own prison (laughs) in and of itself let alone so they pick i'm just shocked that they picked an american setting uh this is the they've picked american settings before like new york and whatnot like but very temporarily the show will tend to jump around a bit but we've had uh seasons of jojo in America, in Italy, in yeah. Japan, Egypt. It's a globetrotting show for mm. sure. Um, and by the nature of it being animated, you can go to a lot of places. <laughs> um, I guess because New York 
I get it's mm-hmm. relatively ubiquitous, but um, Florida is very specific. Yes, it's very and unique. From uh, from an out outside of the U.S. Mm-hmm. standpoint, it's not something I would pick. I I mean I I live here and I wouldn't pick it, but like <laughs> harder to capture, I guess. It's when you're not from here. The the author, like you know, he's very much like in love with Italy, in love with Europe, in love, and like, you know, he's from Japan. Mm-hmm. But, like, Florida is a very specific choice. And I myself yeah. don't know, like, why'd you choose that place of all places? Yeah. But I think he was looking for isolation. Like, there's ah, okay. no help, there's no friends, there's no mm-hmm. com- companions for the, the protagonist here. Um, That's how I feel when I go there. <laughs> it's an island penitentiary. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, the, the premise is basically she's trapped in prison, framed for manslaughter. And it's, How do you frame someone for manslaughter when it's drunk driving? So she wasn't the one driving. It oh, was I see. her boyfriend at okay, the time. Okay, that was a much simpler answer than I expected, <laughs> and now I feel stupid. Uh, he lied in court, testified against her, <gasps> and got her locked away in prison. Bastard. And seemingly, it was all one big plot to lure her dad out. Um, oh. But her dad gives her the tools to survive in prison. He apparently, despite being uh, great heroes, JoJo's aren't known for being great parents. Ah. Um, while he was supposed to be, you know, a dad, he was off saving the world and, like, you know, being a marine biologist. Did I mention he's also a marine <laughs> biologist? Which JoJo was this? <laughs> this is her father, Jotaro Kujo. But which, like, I remember you telling me about mm-hmm. the Italy adventures and stuff. Like, which place was he? He was in the globetrotting adventures going from Japan to Egypt to stop a centuries-old vampire. Right. I remember this. Okay. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I'm here. Um, And yes, it was all an effort to lure him out. However, um, as mentioned before, characters in JoJo's have these special abilities, mm-hmm. and he gave her a little... Uh, arrow that gives the special abilities into like this family charm and she's like I don't want this bullshit like it cuts her she throws it away she's very uh, she's very independent okay she doesn't like her dad Mm. um, but in the very first two episodes her dad dies (gasps) and it is now up to her to like possibly save his life and revive him Mm. um, by finding something his the memories that were stolen from him if she can get those back and get those back to her father he might have a chance at living. Interesting. But she has a dual purpose now. She has to, one, escape from prison. Mm-hmm. Two, find her father's memories mm. and revive him. Mm. It's Stone Ocean, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I'm so glad this is on Netflix because in my head, this I can't even tell you what I'm picturing. <laughs> so I'm very excited to put art to names. Mm-hmm. Because I got nothing right now. I would say this. And it looks like craziness in my brain. Visually speaking, uh, Billie Eilish, when she like first started to get big on the scene, like mm-hmm. her hairstyles and hair coloring were very much copied from Jolene Cujo. As she's a big fan of this particular uh, span and season of JoJo. Did not see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but it is a lot of fun. Every episode is like a, figuring out how to escape a uh, a death trap basically mm. um and just yeah it's fun seeing an all-female cast basically oh okay and how their friendships and how how their friendships form and how they're able to like get through the difficult times i like that this is a crossover of prison break and uh that show with all the ladies in prison oh orange is the new black yep it's a little bit like that yeah it is a little Orange and New Black. It's a little uh, prison break. It's set in 2011 Florida. 
Oh, God. <laughs> Which is a very specific time and place. It is. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's on Netflix. Uh, if you have the opportunity, check it out. The, the English dub is pretty solid. Oh, really? Yeah. So you watch it dub, not sub. I prefer it sub, but like at one point it switched over to the English. I'm like, all right, whatever, sure. I'll watch it both ways. It doesn't really okay. matter to me. I'm going to go back and watch it in Japanese. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch it multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> how many episodes um so far the first half is 12 episodes okay what yeah. season number is this this is season six of jojo is it continuing indefinitely as far as we know uh no there are there are very specific arcs of the uh manga um and there are only two more arcs left after this so that, does that equal two more seasons that would equal two more seasons okay. yeah uh, and so far, there's not been a new written manga work to to oh, pull from. Okay. So it looks like there's Game will... of Thrones in this. A little yeah, bit. a little bit, yeah. But like uh, after this one, it gets a little wackier. <laughs> oh. As opposed to the normalcy yeah. that we've experienced okay. so far. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, what else have you been watching, Jason? I watch. The best exotic marigold hotel. Oh my goodness! Uh, planning for the future. <laughs> Jason, I was delighted by this. <laughs> I didn't want to be, but I was. Oh my goodness! It is just a bunch of old white people. Mm-hmm. Not my fave. <laughs> um, I mean, it's an amazing cast: Judy Dench, Bill Nye, Maggie Smith, Tom Wilkinson. Um, and then de- poor Dev Patel, just in a sea of white people. Um, so it is about, uh, there's a couple other people. Uh, Celia Imry, who you would recognize, even if you don't recognize the name. Um, and Penelope Wilton. And Ronald Pickup. I think that's his name. Um, so it's uh, various, some of them are couples, some of them are individuals. Mm-hmm. And they're all at retirement age. Um, and they're all at different... Um, they're all at the same stage in life, but under very different circumstances. And we are retirees. We, uh, I, one lady is, um, she just likes to marry rich men (laughs) and then divorce them. Okay. (laughs) Um, one guy is a retired judge, um, who grew up in India. Um, there's a couple on there. Who are retired and they're just kind of, uh, their options for where they can afford to live in England are terrible. Mm-hmm. So they're all like, fuck this, we're getting out of here. Because um, they find this hotel online and they get there and it's run by Dev Patel. And it's not quite as <laughs> advertised. Okay. Um, and so, and they're all out of their depth. Um and so it's watching kind of how they all adapt. Some adapt better than others. Um, and you find out more about their backstories. Um, Judy Dench plays a real racist. Oh. Um, and uh, Deb Patel is really maybe not the most well-equipped to run the hotel, but certainly the most passionate, and he really loves it. Did he, like, inherit the hotel? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. From his dad. Um, and so he's just doing what he can to keep the business alive. Um, but it's really sweet. I found myself <laughs> rooting for various characters. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I I don't I'm excited to watch the second one. <laughs> I was just gonna ask. Like I know there's a second one. They really mama me at it. Like, I almost fired it up immediately, <laughs> and then I was like, "You gotta go to bed." <laughs> but you best believe I'll be renting it this weekend. I best exotic Marigold hotel believe <laughs> too. <laughs> excited um uh, i ended it how i wanted it to end oh yeah i I remember when this movie came out and actually being like a little sound like that looks fun i had nothing against this movie i was like this looks fun like i I don't think i it's made for me but it looks like this is a okay movie it wasn't made for me jason (laughs) boy did i enjoy it um and it's also great to get a look at India, and they show beautiful sides of it. They show the really tougher sides of it, mm-hmm. um, and the struggle that people face there. They're not afraid to shy away from that too much. I'm surprised they took the time in like a movie like this to to do that. Um, I think they're able. Yeah, you. I mean, they don't hardcore dive into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but because. The characters, they none of them, aside from the retired judge, Tom Wilkinson, um, who I just loved in this, because um, I feel like he often plays like, the heavy, hard asses, mm-hmm. yeah, very scary, like government men. Mm-hmm. Um, he was incredibly sweet in this, and um, because everyone's new to this place, aside from him, th- we're discovering it with them a bit. See, what I was surprised at is like, I thought the hotel was like. A retirement home, basically. I thought they were there like to live, mm-hmm. like for the rest of their lives, mm-hmm. um, and th- th- that's what it is, mm-hmm. right? Okay, all right. I was just wanted to make sure of that I was like, are they there for a vacation? No, okay. All, it's it's more affordable. Mm-hmm. Some people want to get away. Their money will last longer, mm-hmm. given their situations in this place. Some people you find out have other reasons for wanting to go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting and lovely, and sometimes heartbreaking. Okay. I enjoyed the journey. I wonder what part two will hold, quite honestly. Like, I'm excited, Jason. It seems like a one and done kind of thing, but what else do we have to revisit? Jason, there's so much more story to the tell. Exotic Marigold. <laughs> Are there new retirees that come to live there? Like The way it's... Listen, Jason. We're Does coming. it end on a cliffhanger? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> we become an agathic. There's a murder. <laughs> <laughs> um, no... I, I mean, I'm sure there are new people, mm-hmm. but um, I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. All right. Not going to, you know, step up. I'll tell you next time we record because I will have watched it <laughs> without a doubt. Gold stamp, lock of the week. I'm We're excited. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Nothing against that. I I perhaps, will too, will spend some time at the Best Exotic Marigold. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I watched, uh, which is... A relatively new film, relatively new, came out uh, last year, uh, called Zola. Um, Zola is a story of, it's a, it's taken from a lengthy and very popular Twitter post of- Didn't see that coming. A Detroit stripper who went to Florida with a fellow stripper to make some money and turn into perhaps the wildest adventure of her life. Cool. Okay. Um, I'm on board. It stars uh, Taylor Page, Riley Keough, Nicholas hmm. Braun- um Colma Domingo. Uh it is simple but also insane. And okay. also this is all stuff that actually happened. I was gonna ask, is this is based on a true story? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, just a stripper who goes to uh, thinking that they're going to like Tampa, which you know has quite a few strip clubs, and thinking like oh, I'm going to make a ton of money here. It's yes. going to be awesome. Yes, yes, yes. And then becomes a weekend of crime. Yes, <laughs> that she I gets remember this trailer. Into. <laughs> yes like the the way that it's filmed and shot is very well done mm-hmm. it's hilarious throughout and also scary at many points i mean just in, i remember watching the trailer a couple months ago and even in the trailer you're like okay cool cool oh this is taking a turn oh yeah oh ladies oh <laughs> no get out of there like yeah. it's super revealing and like about, about sex work mm-hmm. and like you know the ups and downs of it yeah um revealing about like how that can like get manipulated into trafficking oh, by people yeah. like this is like oh so this is how trafficking works mm-hmm. got it um at points it's like oh man Tampa seems beautiful oh my god i never want to be there mm-mm, like mm-mm. it seems insane at many points throughout like i wouldn't want to spoil anything despite the fact that this is like you know a Twitter post yeah. that is like well known or something like that. Okay. It's like I don't want to spoil anything for you for anyone that might might not have seen it. The twists and turns are worth sitting through. Uh, the filming style of how it's done is like you know, um, when a vo- when a point of dialogue is said that was actually said in the Twitter post, mm-hmm. like a little tweet sound will be made. Oh, okay. And it's like, hey, this part really did happen. Oh, do you find that that I? Depending on how that's done, I could see how that could be very distracting. It isn't. It's it. If okay. anything, it adds like an extra exclamation at the end of a sentence, okay. like "Oh shit!" Gotcha. <laughs> like that that occurred. It didn't heightens it? the drama that much more. Yeah, like okay. it'll be a very serious, intense scene. Then you hear the like, "Oh, <laughs> that was said to you." Oh Jesus. Um. So it's it's good. All the performances are good all the way across. Um, Riley Keough, uh, her character is reprehensible, oh. but also you feel bad for her. Yeah, of course. But also it's like, oh my God, you have to get out of here, Zola. She is terrible. Yeah. Um, Nicholas Braun is hilarious. She's a victim, but also a victimizer. Yes. So it's hard to, yeah. Like, yes, you could see that absolutely. Like, she is victimizing others because she herself is victimized. Right. Um, Nicholas Braun is hilarious, adds a lot of levity to some very uh, heavy scenes. Oh, that's good. Um... <laughs> He has a little side story that eventually comes back to hurt the group overall. Mm. And his reaction to when it finally comes to bite him in the ass is maybe my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> okay. It is so sincere. <laughs> <laughs> and he he's very good at playing that kind of character. Mm. A sincere idiot. Yes. I mean, that's pretty much succession, right? <laughs> yes. He's able to translate that Cousin Greg energy gotcha. into this role very well. Um. But yeah, it's it's worth checking out for sure. I think it's very well written. It's very the well directed. The trailer stressed me out so much. It's not stressful all the way through. I'll say okay. that. Like the points of stress, oh, they're there. Yeah. But it's not stressful all the way through. Okay. Yeah. I just want her to be okay. <laughs> um, directed by uh, Janitza Bravo, who I don't know anything else from her. I feel mm. like this is like her first like big thing. Oh, nice. she directed the movie Lemon. Got it. Okay. Um, she, yeah, it's good. And nice. she did for some episodes. Yeah, she's... A good director. I can't wait to see more things from her. Awesome. And this is uh, one of those A24 classics. They they, they, rare, stuff, they rarely miss. Yeah. So yeah, well, um, worth checking out. I saw it on Showtime of all places. I just got a one month trial. They they give them out at the end of the year. They give them out either like a month free or like this is ninety nine cents for several months. So mm. try it. Yeah. Nice. All right. Um. I uh, YouTube in my algorithm tossed me up uh, a random interview with Colin Farrell, and mm-hmm. I was like, 
oh yes i remember <laughs> you are very handsome Ooh, baby ooh, ooh, ooh. god he's good looking i feel this happens like many people over like oh yeah Colin Farrell. he's handsome as hell he's so <laughs> fucking cute i can't he, it's not a handsome it's a cute and I, that's not a worse thing mm-hmm. he's so Ugh, and so um he's so good good looking that i trudge through the remake of total recall oh no that is like so hapless and soulless tell me your experience jason it wasn't a good one Mm -mm. i should have known i'm sure they're lovely women and the writing was not doing anything for them, but Jessica Peel and what's her face from the werewolf like in movies. Oh, Kate, Kate Beckinsale. Beckinsale. And they got some really pretty people overall to be in this. But boy, are they too. I mean, they're, they're good in what they're given, mm-hmm. but like, they're so, I mean, there's no depth to any of these characters, right? It's mm-hmm. just, which fine. It's an action movie. I'm okay with that, but even the action was fucking boring. That's disappointing. We were in the we, they were in the middle of a like a car chase, and I found myself looking out the window. Wow! Because I was just like, I, what's going on? Oh, there's a movie on. (sighs) Like none of like the scenes. Like, there's one, the set pieces where he's running through the streets, or they're in the car, like. None of them, I don't know, I don't know the nuances of making a good fight scene versus a bad one, or like a good action you scene. You think you don't, but you know what you like to watch. But it was just so boring. And I don't know what the budget for it was. Seems like a lot of money. It seemed like a lot, and yet, like, I don't know, I just, it, I mean, it overall looked good, but... It just lacked in every way, aside from the beauty of Colin Farrell. Like, when I think of that movie, it seems so soulless and, like, humorless. Its and biggest like, crime is being boring. Like, it, it looks like it was trying to, like, mimic the visual style of Minority, Minority Report. Minority Report, yep, 100%. It's, like, to the point where we're going to get a guy who was in Minority Report. And, like, it just falls flat on his face. And, yeah. like, what's amazing is, like, the Total Recall from, like, 1991. Or 1991, 1990, is constantly watchable. It's like at every second, it's like, I want to see what happens next. And even today, it still has that quality. This is just forgettable. Yeah, I started watching the original. Mm -hmm. I didn't finish it. But I agree in that maybe it's, you know, the color palette of this doesn't help. It's like a very dark movie. Yeah, it's like grays and greens. Yeah, I think they were trying to do a mix between... A minority Report and Blade Runner. Mm. And I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the original Blade Runner, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but in trying to convey that seediness. Mm-hmm. Uh, like this is a gross future, you know, commercialism is like taking sway. It's terrible. It Every, you're just in <laughs> muddy, terrible streets mm-hmm. and everything is and it's always raining and dark like. When it's always like that, it makes it very boring. And there's, you're not going to see much when it's dark out. Mm. So the visual palette is very boring and monotone. Which is like, Which I know. With a, a, in a movie set in the future, mm-hmm. I'm here for the visuals and the action. 
like I know they weren't trying to remake, you know, the the Arnold one. Right. You know, they're doing their own thing. Right. But like for some reason the Arnold one is like bright and colorful. It's like Yeah. It's science fiction with a ho- with a Hawaiian shirt on. If it's I could describe the opposite it. of this, yeah. So that's yeah. It was a bit confusing in that sense. So I definitely do not recommend this film. Mm-hmm. Um, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. Brian Cranston had a weird hairpiece that was he not was great. in that. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Um, he plays the bad guy in charge of the fancy town. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. Like, yeah. again, they got, like, good casting. They got yeah. quality people to be in this not quality movie. I mean, movie. I would argue that Jessica Biel, <laughs> Kate Beckinsale are not the she greatest. She has her lane. <laughs> yeah, lichens. She's great with lichens. That's about where that lane ends and begins. So Jessica Biel, I don't find her. She's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she's a very nice person. I don't find her to be a compelling actress. I've, to me, one of her best roles is on New Girl, where she plays a rival for uh, Jessica Jessica Day's mm-hmm. uh, partner, basically. And she plays the perfect woman. Like, she is, like, athletically, like, top tier. Like, she's intellectually top tier. And, like, Jessica's like, I'm just this dope that likes to sing. And I'm going to go against you for this guy. And it's very funny to see them play against each other uh, and eventually become friends at the end. Like, yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, when I, I think of her, I don't think of her as a movie star in that sense, I guess, you know, like, you know, it's unfair and I hate saying this as a woman, but I feel like it's one of those things where she's absolutely beautiful, Mm -hmm. but she's one of many and I give an arm and a leg to look like her, but there's not anything necessarily that makes her stand out. I can, I can, you know, she's like gorgeous brunette number 585. Mm. Um, And because her acting talent isn't Meryl Streep, Mm -hmm. uh, she just kind of gets stuck in these middling roles. So it was just, and this one honestly was, it's not her fault. It was a boring role in a boring movie. movie. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, certainly didn't help i don't know if any different actresses would have really been able to do much better okay so don't recommend (laughs) but colin farrell looked real good (laughs) um okay i can uh i guess i can talk a little bit about a documentary series that i've been watching Mm -hmm. um i'll talk about them all in one breath um HBO's been doing this music box series, um, HBO Max, Mm -hmm. um, where every week they're going to show, like, you know, a different uh, documentary based on a musician. Mm. They started with the Woodstock 99 documentary and then, like, took a couple months off. I think they didn't come up with this idea until, like, two months after that Woodstock documentary (laughs) came out, to be honest. I was trying to package it. It was always meant to be this way. Like, then you would have released them in quick succession. But whatever. Anyhow, um, it's produced by by Bill Simmons, this series. And uh, the three documentaries I watched were the Jagged Little Pill documentary. Oh, um, yes. Talking about Alanis Morissette's uh, album release, uh, as well as a tour of that year for Jagged Little Pill. I think that was the first uh, album I ever bought. Really? Uh, then you, I think you should watch this then. You would really enjoy this, I, I think. started it, mm-hmm. but I didn't finish it. Um, I think I was interrupted. Okay. Um, I was super surprised. Um, mm. I didn't know that she was like a teen pop idol. I knew she was on Nickelodeon uh, on You Can't Do That on Television. Um, but yes, I was surprised to see all this footage of her as like, you know, this like pop princess basically. Yeah. And how her becoming the singer-songwriter that she became was not done by a studio. That was just like her finding her voice and like 
really like skewing all of that and like she didn't have those connections anymore mm. and like kind of starting over from scratch and like that was like kind of like oh wow she really did do it on her own kind I think of she, I feel like she paved away the way for a lot of female musicians absolutely I don't, like, she'd have been fine anyway but yeah. she would not have been perhaps the musician that she is without someone like an Alanis Morissette yeah. um, who's able to be like a solo singer songwriter mm-hmm. and you know do it in a big way they talk a lot about her band and being on tour and um you know, how after the band broke up, like, all of those guys went on to, like, be successes yeah. on their own. Like, one guy is, like, the drummer for Foo Fighters right, now. Right. Like, another guy is, like, in Jane's Addiction. Like, they're on these huge, like, big bands or whatever. And it was interesting seeing the tension there where they were like, well, we want, you know, a bit more of the pie, too. And she was like, it's not Alanis Morissette and the Heartbreakers. It's Alanis Morissette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, get with it or, you know, get yeah. out. <laughs> Um, overall, I got the feeling that she's a super cool lady, like a lot of fun to be around and very much like comfortable in her skin and in her life. And like, you know, she knows like the legacy she set, but she seems like a really down to earth person. Nice. Um, I am not surprised by that. Yeah. Like, she always seems super cool. Like every time they go back to her, she's like always laughing. <laughs> Let me say about this story. She just seems like <laughs> super open and like very cool. She's Canadian. You know? <laughs> They're a good bunch. Um, the other documentaries in that set um, were a Kenny G documentary. Oh, yes. Um, talking about the very weird life of Kenny G. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kenny Gorlick. That's what the G stands for. Oh, I see why he shortened it. Yeah, so he got to shorten that to G. Yeah. Um, can't go around Gorlicking things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but talking about how he is just this weird, not an oddity, but how he's a very polarizing figure. The mm. the documentary was very focused on, like, he is polarizing. Like, he is well-liked and a popular musician. However, by music aficionados and, like, jazz aficionados, it's like, what the fuck is he doing? Oh, <laughs> like, I see. How is he Svengali the public into liking him? Because one thing they said that was very interesting to me is, like, he plays quote-unquote jazz what he wouldn't consider it to be jazz hmm. he considers it to be like well this is popular music oh. and like historians and like you know uh critics like look at it like this is something that is utterly like anyone who is playing jazz today is having a dialogue with people that played it 50 60 70 years ago mm-hmm. you know it is something that is you understand the history of what's being played and you are understanding that you're walking in the footsteps of giants mm-hmm. and kenny g even to his old admission is like i just like playing things I like to play and like i understand the people that play this but like I don't understand popular music. He's not jazz enough for the jazz people, but he's too jazz for the pop music people. Kind of, yeah, a little bit. And he is this like weird, not an anomaly, but he kind of stands alone as this thing that's just... He's made his own niche. He truly has. Uh, And they talk about his impact on pop culture, how he kind of, he essentially made the concept of smooth jazz. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what a legacy. Like stations like wanted more music like this. So people started making more music like this. Interesting. Um, they talk about how in his early career, how they like tried to hide his race. Um, insofar as like, you know, he was signed to, I believe it was Capitol Records, but they were like, we need to hide the fact that you're a white dude playing jazz because like, we don't know people want to buy you as an instrumentalist mm. alone. Interesting. And they talk a bit more about race and like he doesn't, quite understands like oh i guess i never thought of like you know being a white guy playing as an instrumentalist being an advantage huh i guess you're right it's like weird to see him like come to that realization like in the middle of this documentary it's like you really do live in a bubble (laughs) um and they get a bit more of like how he's now understanding his impact on like Mm. pop culture 
and and yeah, you just get the sense like you're a weird nerd perfectionist, but you mean well. Okay. You you're not malicious. Yeah. Like you really are just doing your own thing and people seem to like it. And like you, everything you do, whether it's golfing, whether it's being a pilot, you just want to be the best at it. Like oh. you can see that he puts a lot of work into like the old Tom Cruise syndrome, real Tom Cruise syndrome. But like even in like being a dad, you can see like he's Aww. putting the fucking effort in. That's nice. And it's like, and you can he talks about it like in a way that's like a little inspiring, a little scary. It's like, yeah. how can you be mad at hard work? Like I guess he can't be, but also, are you okay? Weird, yeah, are you alright? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine being the woman? I'm. Is he? I'm. He's straight. Yes, he's straight. Um, can you imagine being the one who's just like, "Mom, Dad, I have met someone. <laughs> he makes me so happy. I think he's the one." And they're like, "Oh my God, honey, I'm. We're so excited to meet him. Bring him to Thanksgiving. We're gonna introduce him to fam. What's his name? Kenny. Oh, okay. What's his last name?" <laughs> Gorlick? <laughs> like, okay. Okay. Kenny Gorlick. I don't know if I'm like, you know, if you guys get married, take that name, but okay. Bring him. It'll be great. Anything we should know about him? Musician. Oh, okay. What does he play? Saxophone? Saxophone, <laughs> yeah. Oh, is he like in a in a band or, you know? Solo artist. And like, does he, does he do okay? Is he able he to? He does pretty well for himself, I'd say. Okay. Um, is he a weirdo? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, just slides in the same name. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> okay. This uh... I've been behind her the entire time. Like, oh, boy. Oh, they were playing Guess Who, and they just kept on smacking down faces, and then came out Kenny G. One thing that made me also laugh and just like, yeah, okay, sure. He was one of the early investors into Starbucks. That son of a bitch. <laughs> he is externally rich from just playing. Wow. Alto sax. Wow. Because <laughs> he's from Seattle. Like, oh. And even when like grunge was popping off, he was like, I don't know. I haven't heard it yet. It's just he's so in his own world. It's bizarre, but also interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the last thing I'll talk about for hmm. the documentary series yeah. Um, I watched uh, the DMX documentary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is, all the documentaries are in different style. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny G's was more of like a biography, like a life perspective. Lost More Sets was about like, you know, the year her album came mm-hmm. out and just like, you know, touring with that. And DMX is about the last year of his life prior oh, to passing away. okay. And it is such an interesting picture and portrait of a man. It's like the, the documentary starts with him getting out of jail. And then immediately going to like, you know, his uh, record label to like sign a new contract. And then he's on tour. It's like a year of him being on tour. What did he go to jail for? I forget what it was for in this instance. Oh, he's been a couple times. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was, uh, I think it was tax evasion. Uh, uh, classic. In this one. Okay. And Oh, yes. I feel like I remember reading that. Yeah. And like he gets out and like, you can just, he, he says like several times throughout the thing, like, I am just me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and you can tell that he's a very genuine, very intense person. Mm-hmm. Like, he does really mean what he's saying. Like, you know, he's talking to, like, kids and, like, telling them, like, you know, to lead better lives and, like, you know, talking on radio stations. Like, and he really is believing what he's preaching. But at the same time, it's he's like. He's going to make people lose their minds up in here. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but you can see, like, I'm also going to fuck up. 
yeah. And like, I know that about myself. Interesting. And like, at one point, like, you know, they have him on the road and like, you know, showing him being like, you know, a new dad again. They talk about his relationships with like, you know, his older kids mm. and like, you know, how that's frayed and how he's like trying to work on it. Yeah. And how like, you know, his kids really want to work on it. Of course. Um, they talk about like you know, his long standing relationship with like his ex wife and mm. like how they're still friends. Oh, that's nice. While he's still trying to like forge this new relationship with this new woman. Mm. Um, they talk about, uh, the one thing that's very interesting is the manager's like, yeah, it's cool to be back in New York, but, uh, we should also get out of here <laughs> in the sense of like, when he's back home, it's great. Cause he's so happy. Mm. But at the same time, he's at risk of falling back into like, you know, old the bad things and the old patterns. Mm. So it is great when he's working. When we're working, like we're unstoppable, but like once he has time no to distractions. Like, chill and yeah. get distracted, like, uh, here oh. we go. But they also show him, like, you know, going into rehab, like, self-checking mm. himself into rehab. What did he struggle with? Um, opiate addiction. Okay. Um, but, like, he checks in, like, you know, to, like, a regular inpatient treatment center mm. in, like, Massachusetts. Um, and they're like, we don't know how to treat a celebrity. He's like, no, nah, it's cool. Like, I... <laughs> oh, bless him. <laughs> like, you'll, you'll get it. Yeah. And, like, you know, he shows up and he participates in, like, group activities and, like... You can tell he's a dude that's trying to get his shit together, yeah. but he also knows like I'm gonna let I'm just gonna fall apart on people. Me at some can point. only change. Yeah. yeah. How like, old was he when he, he was pet died? about fifty, I believe, okay. or fifty one. Um, yeah, like you can really see like you know he was a he was always gonna be himself, but mm-hmm. he was always gonna be someone that tried and also someone that messed up. People but he's gonna try again. Yeah, he's a complicated individual. Um, and it was just very cool to like see him on tour and see people's reactions to him. Yeah. on tour, it was. It was crazy. Like, when they talk about how many albums he sold, I was like, you were, you sold how many albums? Really? Like, it was crazy. Like, 70 million or something like that. It's like, wow. Jesus Christ. Like, over, like, in all the albums and all that stuff. It was, it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. All these music back documentaries, depending on what you like, whatever kind of music you like, they're worth watching. They all seemed really interesting and really uh, done really well. Yes. They're all done really well. You can tell they're done by different directors. Mm. I don't know if the idea was like these documentaries are done independently and like later on were bought by HBO or whatever. Mm. Regardless, all worth a watch. Um, the last thing I will talk about is another Colin Farrell joint. Okay. Um, I think it's my favorite thing I've watched in a while. Um, just, you know, six or seven years later, uh, I watched The Lobster. Oh, how did you feel about that? Did you watch it? I did watch it. I loved it. You know what? When I watched it, I didn't. But go on. Why'd you like it? So I think that if I had watched this, it came out six or seven years Mm -hmm. ago. I don't think I would have liked it as much. But being almost 35 now, I can very much appreciate it. Uh, for anyone listening, it is um, this dystopian um, setting where um, you only have 45 days to find a partner. Um, and if you don't find a partner in that amount of time, mandated by the government, um, if you don't find a partner by that time, you will be turned into an animal um, and let loose in the wild. Um I thought it was a very interesting... I can see how it is a very polarizing film. Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. I totally understand that people don't like it. Um, but um, it's a commentary on society's views and values on couples versus single people. Um, I'm, I still think about it a lot. 
Mm. Um, I really liked everybody's performance uh, performances. It's Colin Farrell, Rachel Wise, Olivia Coleman, Leah Seydoux, John C. Riley, Ben Wishaw. Like, it's a really phenomenal cast. It is cast. a good cast. Yeah. Um, kind of like a bunch of indie darlings. Um, it was very funny. Uh, you have to have a very specific dark sense of humor. Everything about it's dark. It's violent. Um, it's cruel. It, it's darkly funny. The performances are uh, rigid, but intentionally so. Okay. Um, I think if you don't have the right, if you're not in the right place in life... <laughs> And if you don't have that sense of humor, mm-hmm. um, it is not going to work for you. But I appreciate, I think some people would probably say that it's humorless, but I found it very funny. I think it was supposed to be funny. Um, but it was very thoughtful and it just, it leaves me thinking about it more than most movies. Interesting. Um, I like the look of it. Um I like the way it ended. I just really, really love that movie. Interesting. Like for me, I you know, maybe with age, I'm going to appreciate it more. I don't think that there are many 25-year-olds who will appreciate that movie. Okay. I think you need to be a bit older. Um, and also as a single person um, who at 35, like society thinks that I should be married and have some kids. Mm-hmm. So I think... It's uh, really me and the gut there, mm. just on a personal level. Um, but yeah, sorry. Tell me more of your thoughts. No, no. Um, I was just going to say that, like at the time, it to me it did seem humorless. Like I didn't understand, I guess, what the jokes were coming mm. at me. It's like this seems a bit more dire than like the situation seems more dire than than resulting humor out of it. I guess. Um, to me, the performances did feel really stilted. And like cold, but that's mm-hmm. the point of it, I right. guess. Um, I think what I wanted more out of it, I, I think I'd have rather watched this play or read this book than have seen this movie. I think it would movie. be great as a play. Mm-hmm. I could see that. That's a great point. And I think that's like maybe... Tough book to read. I don't think it would translate well as a book. Hmm. Just because so much of it is tone. Because I think there's like a lot of internal monologue that we don't get to hear. Yes. As far as like what these characters are thinking in the moment. And you're right. It is very much based on tone and mood Mm. and it is persistent throughout the entire Mm -hmm. thing and i remember critics like really loving it at the time and i just remember get like not getting it Mm. i wouldn't say it's bad it's just it was just doing its own thing that wasn't for me yes and i knew other people who were our age at the time who were also just like what the fuck is this why does everybody like it Mm -hmm. like that's bullshit Mm -hmm. so i just ended up not watching it oh okay um until now. I remember I just felt like I, I gotta see what the, the buzz is all about. Yeah. But you know what? With time, a lot of things do change. I, I, I 100% believe that's true in movies and TV. Yeah. I might not like it now, but I'll probably get it later. Mm. When I was like nine, I was like, I hate Gattaca. But when I was like, you know, <laughs> 16, I realized like, oh, I hate racism. That's what I don't like. <laughs> that's what I don't like. So yeah, like I, I, it's worth a watch. I even wrote it down here. If you're thirty or above, and you're not in a long term relationship, <laughs> um, in particular, I think uh, I, I would hope 
that maybe you would, even if you're not like loving it, um, I think maybe you could appreciate it more maybe. Okay. I loved it. All right. Um, yeah, it's worth a rewatch. Yeah. Um, the last thing I have to talk about here is uh, Shang-Chi and The Legend oh, of the Ten Rings. Yeah, yeah, um, I finally saw it. I know you saw it months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it. I liked it. It was fun. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like, oh, my God, this is so good. It was like, yeah. no, this is very enjoyable. Um, I was very happy to see Simu Liu, um, like, you know, in this position, in this role. Like, I loved him for years on uh, Kim's Convenience. Oh, well, yeah. And it was cool to see him, like, make this jump into, you know, being the top line star, star of a movie. Yeah. Like, good for him. Um, Aquafina, I thought was very funny in it. It's awesome, yeah. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed it overall. It was it was fun. It uh, it felt like, given what I know of the books and given what I've seen in this movie, it's like, oh, uh, they just should have not done Iron Fist at all and just done this. Like this is oh, interesting. A lot of this is like being pulled from Iron Fist and just feels like, well, I guess we're never going back to that, and that's fine. <laughs> like all these elements should be applied to this character anyway so let's continue with that um yeah i that bus scene that bus fight that was a lot of fun it's super fun and i'm just so impressed by simu Liu's athleticism like he made a lot of that shit look so easy you're right yeah. and he is on a a moving bus like on a gimbal or whatever mm-hmm. like doing like little jumps through like the bars of this bus like mm smoothly and then landing on in a freaking bus driver's seat like he makes it look so easy (laughs) and it looks like it's him i don't think it's a stunt double i think it's him doing it which is bonkers like i saw on reddit recently like a clip of the exterior of the bus as Mm. it's like crashing over cars and that was like all practical shots like that wasn't like a lot of cg like they had mm. beat up cars on the side of the street a track that the bus was supposed to go on like sparks coming off oh the bus or like the bus hitting cars and like yeah. that's really cool i didn't even realize that i just expect everything to be just cg these totally days. i was watching an interview with him talking about it and how it was just like every day you're just getting because it took obviously ages to film mm-hmm. that like you are being jostled around the whole day and I was yeah. just like that is my nightmare <laughs> <laughs> um so I was just so impressed with his I the movie was good the ending it was a little cheesy with them riding dragon or whatever like, yeah I agree, <laughs> I, agree uh, I was you. like okay um <laughs> I, I think it was, gen- I found it generally to be a bit cheesier than most of the Marvel movies. Um, it's just so based in family and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I found him very charming and his friendship with Aquafina was great. So that carried it more for me than anything else. Um, Tony Lung as his dad was really good. Awesome, yeah. He was a very enjoyable villain to watch. Totally. Um, and also like, I get why you're doing what you're doing. Like, yeah. a little bit, like, understandable as a villain. Very uh, intimidating little man. I uh, didn't like how he died at the end, I think. I don't remember. <laughs> it's like he does a thing and, like, the dragon, some the other dragon, the evil dragon? Evil dragon. The I love a dragon. Mm-hmm. But this ending, he they ride that dragon for a long time. They do time. ride that dragon for a long time. It's like, guys, can we get off this and start up the fight again, please? Yeah, I just would rather end this end in a fist fight yeah. as opposed to like dragon beating up. Yeah, I I feel like this next, they, 
Marvel really put their heart and soul into the first mm-hmm. four phases of their MCU. And not that they're not trying with these. And it might just be because of the characters and the mm-hmm. stories, but not quite the same. No, I, I, I get that. Um, yeah, they're, they're out of the top line characters at this point. Until they yeah. figure out what they want to do with their Fantastic Four and X-Men stuff. We are we're getting the B tiers, yeah, and that's fine. You know? Until you know your Thor Thor's come back, yeah. and whatever. But but like as far as like you know new characters, we're you know it's gonna be weird. Um, I'll, I'll talk about Eternal some other time. I think okay. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I had I had issues with the Eternals. <laughs> I I'm gonna try to go see it. So mm-hmm. hopefully next time we talk, yeah, I can talk about it too. Yeah. Um. Now, really, my last thing. Okay. And I know we've talked about this a hundred times before, but mm-hmm. I rewatched Inception recently. <laughs> <laughs> Jason. The Jason. movie that killed a hundred men. <laughs> <laughs> For 90 seconds. And I'm, it was worth it. <laughs> Jogo just bouncing around there. Jason, this, I have an, I had an extended conversation with Zen about this, mm-hmm. my friend. Um. And we were both just like, this movie's amazing. It is. I think it's one of those movies where sometimes you equate your favorite films with just the number of times you watch them, mm-hmm. in which case it would be the Kira Knightley version of Pride and Prejudice for me, <laughs> if it's pure like number of like viewings. Mm-hmm. Um, but and even though I've only seen Inception like three times or something, mm-hmm. I feel like it might be one of my favorite movies. Oh yeah, I don't I don't rate favorite movies as like the thing you've seen the most. I do rate it on like what did it make you feel? I like respect this movie. To me it feels like every time you see Inception it's like god damn, I love this movie. So like you're seeing it for the first time. Yes. And like it's just to me it's kind of a perfect movie. Like the it's cast great. is incredible. Mm-hmm. The story is unique mm-hmm. and unlike anything else and complicated, but understandable. The way it's done, you get it. Take a page from the book, Tenet. Tenet, you motherfucker. <laughs> um, it's visually stunning and unique with what it does with that stuff. Like, it just, it, the pacing was great. Uh, the way it unfolds is great. The ending is perfect. And it's pretty great. Like, Usually that's where things, if they're going to fall apart somewhere, that's often where it is. And it's perfect. And I just... By the end of it, you feel like you were part of the goddamn mind heist. Oh, my God, Jason. (laughs) We went on an adventure. Several levels down. Yes. It is just so fucking good. I was just like, God damn it. This Multiple times throughout my view. I was like, God damn it. This movie's so good. And like you know, I think it's it's not fun necessarily to shit on the movie now. Like people do, like you know, what has this problem? Like yeah, everything does. We all have our problems. All right. Listen, I got myriad ones. Right, but that being said, like it is part of like the pop culture canon at this point. To the fact that like the word Inception is like you know a verb. We understand like what's it? Oh, I incepted this thing mm. into this person. Like, oh yeah, I got gotcha. you. Like oh, you did this and the other thing. Like oh, you did fucking food inception or whatever like, yes it's yeah it's a thing it's a thing that exists now because of this movie yes and like that's that says enough of, like of how much how important it is i guess i feel like maybe in like 
God, it's, I guess it's been about 10 years since that movie came out, over 10 years at this point. Maybe in 20 people will look at it like a Matrix, sort of. like. But it's weird because nothing else tried to do what it did. No. <laughs> it, it is singular in, its, it is, in that yes, way. Yes, that's the perfect way to say it. It is a singular film. I, I just loved it so much. Even something as seemingly mundane as, like, again, I enjoy logistics, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character having to figure out how he's going to get these people like um, to have a kick mm-hmm. of their own, but in uh, without gravity. And so he has to use stuff from around the hotel room and like stack them up on top of each mm-hmm. other and then wrap cords around them and put them in an elevator. Like th- the amount of thought that had to go into this, I really appreciated <laughs> I just, I really, it's probably one of my top five favorite movies. And, like, despite, like, you know, the rules the movie sets for itself and mm-hmm. all that stuff, you get what's happening. Like, yeah. You understand, like, okay, you're not asking, like, why is he floating now? Like, no, I guess I understand why he's floating. They're, like, kind of midair. Therefore, mm-hmm. like, he feels as if he's floating. You're yeah. like you're floating in your head. Like, okay, how is he going to, like, the whole time you're wondering, how is he going to, like, get them to kick? Yeah. And as he's doing it, you're understanding yes. what's happening. Yes. Like, the visual storytelling that's happening, because he's not saying what he's doing next. Not at all. Like, he didn't explain his plan to somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, they're showing you and not telling you. And, like, it makes sense because we've done really good groundwork in establishing how this world works, mm-hmm. which we didn't do in Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, oh, I have to say, Marion Cotillard's performance in this was so haunting because mm. she is at times both incredibly warm and, like, uh loving as the wife when she's sane and she becomes this terrifying boogeyman that like truly she had those big old eyes when she pops up and she's pissed off it is so fucking scary what happened to mary Cotillard? i feel like i've not seen her in anything for a long time and also like i when i first saw the movie i was like maybe 20 21 i'm unsure of what her age is she's either 28 or 47. I don't know. <laughs> and it's fine. Like, she's beautiful. She's beautiful either way. Um, I don't know. Actually, maybe she does French films. Maybe. I mean, maybe her catalog is a bit more European now. I'm I don't know sure. if she has kids. Maybe. Or maybe, yeah. Stepped away from acting for a bit. Yeah. Unsure. But I just remember being, like, captivated with her in that she movie. She is. She is absolutely stunning and heartbreaking and terrifying. It's like, I just really enjoyed her performance. Like, you saying this makes me want to go back and watch Interstellar, which... I started to, Jason! <laughs> I'm about 45 minutes in! I've, I've only seen that movie once, but it has stuck with me over the years. I, yeah, same. That's a mo- It's a movie that makes me yell in my heart, Movies! Yes! <laughs> Listen, you know my love of water. When they land on that water planet, it is everything I love combined. It's, it is... I love it. It is visually arresting. And just what it does... Like, Christopher Nolan's not shy about the things that scare him mm. in movies. And he does put it on display as... I, I don't know. I can't relate to many filmmakers or writers or people that make movies in general that do this. But he is very good at putting the things that scare him on on the screen. Hmm. He's afraid of time. He's afraid of time and how much he time is. he doesn't have. Yeah. And he's not afraid to put that on screen. Like, that, his team of people, producers, writers, his brother, his wife, you know, 
they may not be good at forming many like strong female characters yes but they know how to get the things that scare them out mm. like they're afraid of time they're afraid of like losing family like they're afraid of like you know just the things that they want to do and not being able to do them and those are general human fears right of course. but like they're very good at translating that across several films mm. like even in those themes even show up in like the batman movies so like i don't have a lot of time to be batman I want a life. Mm. Like, how do I get the fuck out of being Batman? <laughs> Which shouldn't be <laughs> at the core of Batman, but they're able to get that through. Like, they're they're good at saying time is a scary thing. We don't have a lot of it, and it can kill us. Mm. <laughs> it even comes up in goddamn Dunkirk. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that movie. <laughs> but um. yeah, I I also love the Inception. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so I think um, that water planet scene, which isn't terribly long in Interstellar, is one of my favorite scenes of film of all time. Mm-hmm. I just like, love it. All the stakes are super high, and the... you see it—the fact that you like mm-hmm. see it slowly start to build. You're just like, oh no! <laughs> and the result of their failure is monumental. Yeah. You've lost decades of time. It's crazy. What do you do now? <laughs> You're as old as your children are. What do you do? Mm. Like, like Jesus Christ! No, I, that's that's a curse. Yeah. I never want that to happen to me. Like, I'll be back in two years, kids. I'll be back in thirty. What? <laughs> Excuse me, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's I don't know. That's that's something that's really big to me. When I think of Inception, I love the the team that is. That team is solid. Every performance is great. Jogo, Tom Hardy. Oh, Tom Hardy. Um, Killian Murphy. Even D'Lip Rao, who hasn't been in a lot of stuff after and wasn't in a lot of stuff before. Is he the driver? He's of the, the driver. Like, who is this dude? I'm, I like this the guy. Driver, he also does, like, all the chemicals. He's the chemist. He has, like, yes. the, the big, the very large job. What? I don't want to just relegate him to driver. That's unfair. Ken Watanabe. I love that dude. Oh, so <laughs> fantastic. Like, he's yeah. great, and I don't see him in as many things as I would like to see him in. Same. Like... Killian Murphy always hit, knocks it out of the park. He's so great. Elliot Page, like it's this mm-hmm. is this is a team of killers. Yep. All right, everybody here is very good at what they do, and I just wish I don't know. I, I don't ever want a sequel to this movie. No, I'm sure <laughs> there won't be. It'd be much too complicated. <laughs> oh my god! I don't oh know how or why you would do that. No. Um, yeah, it is to me, for me, and me alone, maybe a perfect movie. No, that's fair, and. Mm. Yeah, I'm. It's great that you mentioned that, like you've only seen it three times, but that is absolutely allowed to be your favorite movie. It's also a very long movie. It's also very long. It's about not that hours. it feels particularly long, <laughs> but it's you got to set aside some time. That is true. Because, I mean, again, they're taking the time to tell you how this works. Yeah. And I don't mind if you're going to do that, but if it's going to pay off big time. Yes, and it's a natural way of presenting it in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My notes for it to say, I mean, come on. <laughs> I wish that was a tagline. I mean, come on. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Just just a reminder, PSA, if you haven't watched it in a while, go watch it. Uh, Is it on anything right now? Nope. uh, Actually, I can't remember if I rented it or it might be on like HBO Max. I feel like every year it comes back for like a little period of time. I remember for years it was like the background to IMDb. Like every page you went to, it was just like the 
poster of Inception was like <laughs> the background of the page. Like, like when they put subway posters up and then they forget to take them down like a year. <laughs> and you're just like, mm. I think Dunkirk's been out for a while, guys, but thanks. <laughs> thanks yeah. for the continued advertisement. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I think, a classic that we don't talk about enough. Mm-mm. Yeah. So good. Anyways. Yeah, I, I've got nothing else. Me neither. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Um, please check us out on Instagram at ONR Podcast. Um, yeah, we're putting more stuff up there now. Um, yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, let us comment on the posts, please. Like the posts. Um, it helps a lot. Feels good to see that. Yeah, subscribe. Yeah, on iTunes or whatever. Whatever platform you're on, we're Where on. Where you got your PCast? Yeah. So uh, thanks for listening. Sorry I said PCAST. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. We will talk to you later. Bye.